and welcome to Emma's podcast. Today is a different podcast. Normally, I don't involve myself in anything that has to do with politics. <laughs> however, <laughs> I know. <laughs> however, however, I got pulled in and now I'm interested because I have someone here. Her name is Carrie Watkins and she is going to be running for the open seat uh, for the commissioner in the state of Sherburne County. And mm -hmm. I was so intrigued by it because, you know, candidates, especially when we're talking about election, you, we always think presidential, uh, maybe governors, which most of the time we don't even know who the governor is, to be honest with you, unless you follow politics very closely. Uh, because we don't hear that much unless there's something totally big from them at all. I've not heard mm -hmm. anything from him unless for the COVID-19, that was it. The rest don't know what's going on, but it's all right. The state is still up and running, so we're good. Uh, <laughs> but at the local level, especially at the county level, the commissioner um, uh, area, nobody knows about uh, that area and you carry decided okay. to run what was the reason for you to decide then it's time for me to step up and run for that open seat what trigger that well i think a lot of what i've seen going on in our state and in our country um you know first of all i was i've never been a politician i've never thought i'd ever run for an office i um I always voted and tried to keep on top of things, but I never really got involved. And I saw, you know, with the riots and the defunding the police and um, these mandates and the government really overstepping and um, not standing up for our constitutionally protected rights. I started just letting, you know, writing and emailing and calling them and letting them know that they were um, not standing up for our, right, our rights. So. Um, I got involved with a group that was going door to door to canvas and ask people not who they voted for, but how they voted um, to check against the Secretary of State's website, um, to whether they voted in person, absentee, or if they voted by mail-in ballot. And we were finding errors. And it really um, showed us that the, the machines that we're using in the elections aren't counting, aren't, aren't showing the proper vote. They are not, they are not reliable, actually. So that's right. a scary spot. And, you know, sometimes we always said uh, reality can surpass fiction because we read, you know, you see movies where we talk about election, regulation, or you can read books where it's like novels where a bunch of elections are rigged or you see this on uh, shows. But uh, on TV shows, but you would never, or you don't think that would happen when yeah. you decided to go so door to door to see how people voted. And if it was reported, which is listed into, like you said, into the website officially from every state, but realizing to your horror that yeah. things are not right, then you start, you know. We're talking about right now, they talk about January 6th, they talk about the election. To me, the elections are not quite right, to be honest with you. Right. And again, just, something is up with the national yeah. election. 
but you're looking at the local and the counties. That's yes. quite alarming to realize that those mm-hmm. machines, no, they're not reliable at all. Right. And I don't know. Um, I mean, there was, so back to why I decided to run. So I started going to the county board meetings because the county commissioners really have the authority to decide how the county votes, whether to use these machines or not, or to use hand-counted paper ballots at the precinct. And that's what we're advocating for. That's what I'm advocating for. Um, and when I uh, I would go and I speak and I'd ask them to help let us come and bring the information and the evidence we have that the machines are not accurate. And they don't, you know, they don't want to do that. And so I decided that, and then I started to, to see, stay and see what the, what the commissioners actually do, what the meetings are about. And I saw some things that were a little bit concerning. And so I decided through a lot of discussion and a lot of um, research and a lot of prayer <laughs> that I it was think, my, I said yes, because it takes <laughs> a lot of soul searching to take, right. uh, to take on that journey, because yeah. like you said, you don't, you have not done politics. This is not something you do. Mm-hmm. You are the wife of a business owner and you're doing the finance for uh, right. the business, which is absolutely nothing to do with uh, politics, but you saw the need. And that's what I love is the fact that you saw the need and something is broken, something is not right. And maybe it's time to make the right change to have somebody right. that can look at it. Again, you do finance, so you have some of the background finance because you're mm-hmm. running a business. And I'm sorry, the economy is like a business. You run it like a business. Right. But it needs to be done sound and right. And right. obviously, you have looked at the report, at the financial report as well, then they are publishing. Have you asked questions to be answered by the uh, commissioners uh, in regardless of the question you had, have you had any answers from the commissioner on some question you have in regards of the finance um, and everything they got for this year as um, for 2022? Are they doing ahead of it uh, or it was just for- Yeah, la- the last meeting I was just at, they started, they brought in all the heads of departments and talked yeah. about the three things they're going to, that, the, that were the main focus of what they're gonna plan in their budget. They haven't brought out the budget numbers now and it's kind of a question whether they're going to do that now um or how because you know there's there's two seats that for sure are going to be new people yeah and there's four four commissioners out of five that are up for election so there was some i think they'll decide in july's meeting whether or not they'll proceed with making a budget now which kind of seems i mean they really have to because you know, you, they have to have that forecast into 2023. So they're just discussing that now and, and the department heads are kind of putting together their numbers. So they'll present that to the board and, you know. Do we do we know what the background is for those individuals? Do we know if they come on from a background of finance or business or anything like that? Do we know uh, anything about uh, what they were doing prior to be sitting in that board? Well, I, the board? Uh, no, I don't think that they... Uh, one of them, he's not re- running, um, but he has a business he owns. Okay. And I'm not sure, uh, one of them comes from a farming background and I'm not sure what her education, you know, I don't know what the background of these, I know the Felix who is, um, 
he's retiring. He comes from a business background. He owned a farm. He owned a truck company. um, You know, so that kind of entrepreneurship, which is which is a good which is a good thing. But it would be nice to know because what the the most interesting part and the scaring part of is those budget impacts the entire county. It's not like they do just, oh, we're going to do a road construction. It's way bigger than that. Right. And, and the funding comes from a lot of different places. It could come from grants. It could come mm-hmm. from the state. It can come from federal dollars. You know, there were, uh, so far they've had nine, $9.4 million come in from ARPA funds, which are the government federal funds tied with the COVID Yeah. Yeah. So um, they've been giving that out. And it's interesting because some of those funds are tied with, you you know, you have stipulations if you take those funds. So I know some of people have they've had to hire. And so now they have to um, work those people's jobs and uh, salaries into the upcoming budgets. So they've been, you know, easing those in over the course of three years now, getting these people that they're hired through these ERPA funds into the regular budget. So those are some interesting things that need to be taken a look at. One of the other things that um, Sherburne County is doing right now that I think people in Sherburne County really need to be aware of and and have input in is they are starting a um, comprehensive land use plan that's gonna forecast out for the entire country, county to 2040. So <clears throat> we need to, you know, people need to be involved in that because that's going to determine policies on land use and growth and, you know, all sorts of things that people need to be aware of. But yeah, exactly. Because if you're looking like around Big Lake, they are building a lot of manufacturings and stuff like that. They are selling a lot of land because we're seeing a lot of signs. I see a lot of signs for selling uh, lands. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it's for development. It's not for farming anymore. Right. So I understand that uh, cities and counties want to attract more manufacturing right. because it brings money, it brings job, which is great. But we need to look, like you said, there is policies. There is a lot of things, that decisions that are going to be impacting people, not for one year, but for decades. What in the budget, when you look at the budget, did you saw something that really jumped out Um and the amount of dollars that were spent and maybe big questions about it? Well, um, of course, the big controversy between the North Star Rail, how much money the county is putting out to keep that going and actually does anything come in. So that was, you know, something that that's a hard decision that needs to be looked at. Um, another one is the health and human services. Of course, that's, you know, all your social work. It's very top heavy in um in uh, payroll. So that, that's an interesting one to look at as well. But it is really nooks and crannies in there. There's a lot to it. I, it, um, it it'll be interesting when they start bringing it in and what their new numbers will be. What concerns me about the budget is 31% of it comes or approximately comes from uh, federal and state grants and um, other grants and those are the ones um, where they can tie obligations to. Um, If you look at Silver Bay, they had a 
airport and they got federal grants for it and state grants for it. And then they found it was too expensive to maintain. So they had to close it. But when they closed it, they would get fined like $10,000 a day. So those are some of the kind of issues you have to be really careful when looking at those, you know, federal funds. Part of the budget is the tax levy, the property taxes. And then there's other areas in there. There's some there carryover from the revenue carries over from previous budgets. So is that tax money that they're just holding on to? And instead of giving it back to the taxpayers, they're just holding on to it and using it in the next year's budget. So there's just things like that that kind of, when I was looking through it, kind of gave me some concern. But those those federal grants, the state grants and other grants from non-government organizations, the NGOs, those are things you have to be careful with because they can be tied with obligations and they can even, they can fine you or they can pull back the grant money, make you pay it back. So those those things I want to look at more carefully. Uh, well, you know, and the tax, the tax rate, it, you know, we have to, we don't want to tax our people to death. I mean, we have to pay for the services, but we need to keep less government so we don't tax, keep burdening our, our people um, with maybe, ta- maybe higher taxes maybe leaning the process and see what is not necessary for the government to run. Maybe there are right. some areas that are not necessary and that doesn't need to be there that right. might need to be removed. Yes, that's that's kind of where my concerns come in with the budget too, is, is just making sure we're running a lean ship so that we're not overtaxing our people. We get taxed everywhere in Minnesota. I mean, yeah, we're exactly. one of the highest taxed states and it's not all you know, our income property, and that goes to the state, it goes to the um, county, it goes to the cities and the townships. And, and mm-hmm. so it does get spread around, but we need to be careful with, with how much we tax people. Definitely when they're going to do that. And uh, hopefully there will be hearing for people to ask questions as well about their budgets yeah. and how they go about the budget as well, because that mm-hmm. I think is essential to understand but I think people don't realize that uh, what you're running for, the city you're running for, how much is impacting people. Because if you don't know how your state or your county runs, it makes it very difficult to understand that where the budget comes from, who's sitting at the table and make those decisions. And yeah. knowing that, uh, because as every board, you meet once a month in public, but I don't even think it's advertised when they're going on uh, meet publicly either. So people are maybe not attuned or aware at what time they're supposed to be meeting. So they have a chance to talk. They, to do, they do put it on the, the Sherburne County website. So it is announced there. I don't know if it's announced anywhere else, but it's really, you know, difficult. They, they, you, if you want to speak to the commissioners, you have to go at nine o'clock in the morning. It's twice a month <clears throat> on Tuesday mornings. And they allow 15 minutes of public comment. And it's three minutes a person. And you don't get it on the agenda and they don't have to respond to your comments, um, which is hard because they're supposed to represent you. And there should be some way that there can be feedback with with commissioners I, w- I would assume so if you're looking at the board it's kind of like okay i'm gonna go to speak to the wall because i better chance in my house to speak to the wall and maybe the wall will answer me but i yeah. feel that if they get elected when you get elected you're at service to the community and mm-hmm. you should be accountable 
it's not a closed uh, circle where you decide to do whatever you want because it's an election. So the people have to vote for you, which is a little scary because communication mm-hmm. should be there. 15 minutes for everybody, three minutes yeah. each people. I understand to limit the talk because there's some individuals that will tell all about your life before they go yes. straight to <laughs> the, uh, what I will care, uh, what I will say, um, they will straight to the point. But still, there should be an answer somewhere. If they are not able to answer back right away, then they should say, you know what, let's take your email or let's put it on the website where we can put the questions. There should be minutes in response. Right. And and they do have their phone numbers and their emails. But that doesn't mean they're going to answer you. Yeah, I I think some of them have answered their constituents. It's just a little off-putting when you go to a meeting where you are able to speak for minutes but you you, you know you there's nothing yeah <laughs> you, you can't have a dialogue with them it's so yeah, hard as a group as a group yes you know yes. you and can I, email them individually but as okay. a group you can't have a discussion and it just doesn't seem right plus I think at least one meeting should be in the evening because a lot of people work during the day and they have to take time off to go to the meeting that's, that's probably why they do it during the day they don't want a full <laughs> room <laughs> Like we're you know, not going to be dealing with them. No, 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 no. Let's do it at nine o'clock in the morning. We'll be just fine. I agree with you because a lot of people, are sure, I'm sure, will be more involved on knowing a little bit what's going on. Because uh, I believe when we were reading uh, some of the stuff, and you mentioned it to me as well, was the fact they wanted to close a couple of plants, uh, utility plants. And yeah. It can be questionable because we don't want to turn like California where they have outage, power outage when they don't even, it doesn't work and they don't produce enough. Right. So, I don't so that's, a, that's a hard one because I don't know how much control the county has over what they do with those uh, coal burning plants and the nuclear plant. I think they've been, the closure has been extended out a little bit. So that's a little helpful. Hopefully, you know, we can gain some momentum to get those things open. Um, I've, from what I understand, they're not going to open the, uh, they were, there was talk about them opening in Becker, um, a natural gas and electric plant that would, uh, but the, I think that's been moved maybe even out of Minnesota at this point. The, the thing that the uh, county has authority over is how many solar, you know, the solar farms and things like that that come in. They, they have the land use, so they have to approve those. And I know around where I live, they're just going up like crazy. And and the concern is, if we get so much of that, where is our food going to be produced? If we have all the solar farm, which really is not as efficient. <laughs> There's no. only so many in Minnesota, yeah. you know, so um, there has to be a good balance with that, that you know, we, we can't depend, we can't turn every farm field into a solar field. I totally you agree. To, I agree yeah. with yeah, I agree with you because uh, near at the entry of uh, Big Lake, there is two of them, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe there's an idea, people. If you're listening, having them on the roof of the house of the people or on their land, because there is one that I remember, and I think it's in uh, near Oak Grove, where I have I saw a house and they have their solar uh, panel up front. Uh, on their front yard uh, you can see it which is like yeah. well if it's per house I think it will make more sense 
now technology is is you got some of the roofing who already have them integrated into it too as well that's so, interesting yeah so it's like why don't we you know give a break to builders and homeowners and bring them those because if you can be self-sufficient self-reliant then those fields can be cultivated for foods for crops crops yeah. so we can get food because i don't think we're gonna eat air that doesn't work with <laughs> us we need food yeah. So that's very interesting that they will close those plants and try to bring an alternative that is not quite there yet. With yeah. um, solar, uh, we cannot, uh, compare to others like the coal or um, nuclear um, one, we cannot store the right. electricity yeah. as well at all. So mm -hmm. solar is nice, but it has yeah. to be used instantly. So it's like, okay, we got a problem here. Yeah. Should we turn our lights 24 seven to use it or lose it? And remember what happened in Texas, you know, in uh, the spring of 2020, wasn't it? Where they had that terrible ice storm and they had all the solar panels and the yeah. wind and it all failed them. And they just, yeah. it was a horrible disaster for that. So we have to be careful. Exactly. So for them to close that in the, in the next decade, they have to be prepared because people are moving in that county more and more. So if right. you don't have everything, what do we do? We, do we have to go back to the old days when we get, uh, uh, what do you call it, woods and just go by the fire outside and just warm ourselves up and good luck with that because the winter here are so delightful minus yeah. 60 degrees with windshield minus seven is not a big deal we can handle it oh. i'm sure but it's looking at it so um so we talk about the dominion machines which is a concern how, do you know how they got introduced here or who takes the final decision on those because what worries me about the election is I know there is a report that comes from the government, mm -hmm. actually. So it's an official report saying that those machines are not reliable. So yes, there was a CISA or CISA report. Um, that's that's the organization that said that our election was the most safe and secure election ever. Um, but they have come out with the Dominion ImageCast X, I think they tested, because that was one that was used in Georgia, and there's an actual open lawsuit about that election from the election of 2016. And Alex J. Halderman, who is a uh, election uh, electronic election expert, he's a computer science professor in Michigan, yeah. and he has a 25,000 word document that just is not good for Dominion, and it's been sealed by the judge. But um, they, so the, the CISA came out and said that this machine is, you know, there's nine different vulnerabilities in there for hacking. And so you have to do all this stuff to rectify it. But um, the only reason they're not covering all machines is because that was the only machine the judge allowed to be tested. But they all run on the same platform they all run on exactly so if one so, has a problem they all have yeah. a problem. it doesn't so matter most, what they are yeah. i guess it wasn't the most safe and secure election <laughs> so and and the ap actually reported on it so it's out in the mainstream media now they can't really hide from that the machines now have a you know because hackers they they have hacker conventions and the hackers that always are able to get into these machines so it's Please. not that it's 
no, it's not bulletproof. It should be bulletproof and it's not. And we talked about it uh, offline on a couple of things with uh, Terry and Spencer. And it's right. very scary when people can access through the system very easily, actually. Yeah. And do what they yes. want to do. Those machines don't even record properly. If there is an issue, like I was mentioning, I said, well, if one of the machines has a problem, they don't even say anything. So people go in there and vote. I have no idea the machine is not working properly. So whatever their ballot is, it's never accurate and never going to be accurate. Right. It is very, very scary to see this. And the worst part is if the commissioners decide to pursue again and continue to use those machines, where is the credibility on our elections? Right. And, you know, each municipality or like a township, they have the authority to not use those machines as well. They can set them aside. So that's state statute. They can they cannot choose not to use them. Uh, another issue we have is that currently um, six weeks out from an election, including the primary, you're supposed to be able to go into your polling place and test out a new machine and a new machine. Well, we don't have the new machine. We have hardware. We have new software that's completely different. And um, you're, the, the company hasn't sent those machines out to the precincts so that people can go in and test the machines out. And that's state statute. They're supposed to be able to do that. So that's something we're working on, too, is going to these. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not so much, but Terry and some others are involved in going and, you know, letting the cities know because they don't know the statute. They haven't been trained in this. And that's, you know, Steve Simon is supposed to be training these people. To yeah. That's, pro- the, other, that's probably, the other issue. Probably, uh, properly run elections according to our state ta- statute, and that's not happening. And that's what is scary, because when people don't know, then they are just going to accept the machine, don't even know what they're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing properly. They have no clue. So it's setting right. up people for failure. And the accuracy of people voting make it in jeopardy because if you vote for A and you end up with B or it did not get recorded properly, it's like, what is wrong with this? So basically right. I better stay home and watch movie or TV or whatever, or have a cocktail than being voting. You know, right. it's like- It, it yeah. really dis- yeah. discourage people, right? Absolutely, exactly. it's very discouraging. So I'm, I'm amazed and I'm very you know grateful then uh, I learned more about what the commissioners are doing because I had no idea either because I don't go too much in politics either. I'm like, okay, who's running what? I don't know, but they're doing something <laughs> somewhere, but I don't know where. So yeah. I am glad to learn uh, you know, from Terry, from Spencer, from you. You guys are doing an amazing job. And for you to take the leap of faith and really, you know, do a soul searching and with your husband said, okay, I'm going to run because I want to make a difference. I want to serve mm-hmm. my community, which right. I think is fantastic and do what is right for the people. Right. is amazing. So for me, I, it's I, like, great. yeah, I really want to get people to educate people. So when I'm going out, I'm not just saying vote for me. I'm telling them there, there's this uh, comprehensive land use. You need to be involved in that. And we need, you know, I'm trying to get more people involved and just educate them on how, because people just don't, it's not a high profile position. People, a lot of people don't know what a commissioner does. No. So, and I was included in that. So I found out. (laughs) Exactly. Because I had no clue either. I'm like, I don't know a commissioner. Well, I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing uh, all of their finance. They're looking at a lot of budget. They're doing a lot of things that people. A lot of policies. Yes. So that's yeah. why it's like, well, if they're doing the policies, may as well look at very closely what they're doing 
and have a conversation with them. But what would be nice as well is I think they need to change the way they communicate with the people because obviously they're hiding in behind whatever they're hiding over there and yeah. nobody's communicating. That to me is um, puzzling. To me, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, it should be, I understand boards because I'm part of a board of directors. So I do totally understand when you have to meet with um, people, some are very excited, some are very angry. <laughs> Yeah. So some days it's not that fun, but however, when you're listening what the grievance are and there is a theme in there, then if we can get some answers, that is in a form of, I'm understanding your situation, we can get back to you and being able to provide, because I don't know if that uh, the, the, the commissioner should be, it's a board, should bring back minutes. Yeah. And... and and that's something that um, what we do when we open the floor, uh, we are gathering not only the questions, but the answers as well. So when we bring back the minutes and it's posted, people can read the questions and the answers. It's not a one-way street. And I think communication will help to close the, the gap because I feel like they're putting themselves isolated in purpose to do not communicate with people. And for me, it's like if you're being elected, you should be communicating to your constituent. Yeah, and, and going to, you know, going, I, I just think there's other ways you can do it. Maybe mm -hmm. um, having a website where you can just put updates out or yes. going to the, the town, township or the city hall or the city um, board meetings. Yes, You can go yes. there or maybe having a town hall once a month or once a quarter or in different each area just so you can get with the people more open you know open these people up here that i've been talking to they're just lovely people i don't know why people mm -hmm. don't want to talk to them because i'm just having so much fun going out and talking yeah. to the people exactly because you're talking to uh, business owners and owners as well so i think it's wonderful for you to reach out to to be elected and i think changing the way the communications is and bringing new people with fresh ideas which right. can help because, you know, like every board, we, there come a time when you need to do the change. So not yeah. the same people. Um, I'm curious. I'm very surprised somebody can sit for 20 years. So there is no limitation on people. There's no I limits. Think should, I think there should be a policy for that because. I think there always should be so that more people can get involved. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So you have this rolling over and new people <coughs> coming in. So. You, you, you have some of the people who have been there, maybe a term or two, and then you have new people coming in. Because new people can have good ideas and fresh, you know, they can perspective. Have, yeah. And, and that can help. Because if you're running the same way it was run 20 years ago, that is not uh, improving. Yeah. We don't ask to put the entire board upside down. But I believe that some few things can be changed. Some policies can be tweaked policies are living documents. So that's mean they can be changed at any given time. They should be grow as we're growing and right. changing and evolving. But I think it's essential if we, you know, somebody sitting for 20 years in the same seat, to me, it's like, okay, or nobody is aware of what the commissioner commissioners are doing to the people should be more involved. We need to get people more involved. They, they just have to, we can't continue you know, and I was just as guilty, you know, a vote, and then they just do what they, I'm not going to keep on top of it. But, the, you know, the, the when I started writing and, 
and not necessarily the commissioners, but you know, we were talking to the commissioners without much response either. But you know, um, senators and state senators, and you know, I I was in different. I got redistricted, but I was in a district, and I would write email my uh, local uh, representative, my state representative, and I would get back. I don't respond to people who aren't in my district. I never got a real response from him. That's all he would ever send. And I'm like, I'm in your district and you're not responding to me. This, you know, it was, so, you know, we need people who are going to listen and, and hear. And um, I think change is coming. Oh, it is change always is coming. coming. Uh, we can feel mm-hmm. it. It's in the air and it's for the better and the greater good because I don't think we should wait for somebody who wants to retire. After, I'm sorry, I'm not taking on the <laughs> but I have to make a comment on that because if you're waiting for somebody to do something after 20 years, it's kind of, I, I'm like, policy should be changed. People should not be sitting there forever. It is supposed to be um, the community and there should be a rotation on people to come, brand new one. It's not who you like, is who is right for the position. Yeah. And we have, uh, I, I think that there is going to be change and we need people to get involved to make sure and hold us accountable. When I get elected, yes. I need people to hold me to what I said I will do. Don't and worry, so I will. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I have a podcast. I will bring you back. And said, okay, Kari, yeah. explain this to me now. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. I mean, we need that. We need that discussion yes. and the, you know, and, yeah. and to, I think, be, I think when you're detached from people, you don't realize this. You're living in a, in a parallel universe. And I've seen it. That's why when uh, I was yeah. part of, I, I, I run for that specific board, I basically flipped it or flipped it because I needed new people in there. Mm-hmm. And I hand picked the people because not because I, I, I like them. It's because what they were bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. It has nothing of who's my friend or not. It has to that person is the right person to do this. And we need mm-hmm. different point of view and uh, an approach that is calmer. So changes are coming mm-hmm. and it's nice to be able to step in and step up and say, okay, I'm running for this for this reason. And I'm doing it to serve the community. It's not about right. me because who cares about me? But right. it's about the communication as well because I have seen boards who are so closed off they don't even, they're not even in touch with the people anymore. And I believe the board where you're running for that position should be definitely uh, looking at the communication and change the way they are doing business with the community. I know it's not easy to have angry people, but guess what, that's life. Yeah, and when I've gone to the commissioners, I've always tried to be really respectful. I don't want to come off as I'm angry with them or, you know, I just want them to be able to dialogue with us and, and, um, and be able to work with us. You know, it should be government of the people, by the people, for the people, you know, exactly. exactly. We, and we all need to step up and be part exactly. of it. Exactly. And they, since uh, they are at the service of the people, then they should be open to once a month or once every couple of months meeting with the people and mm-hmm. listen to the grievance because in every grievance, there is information they need. There is something right. that needs to be happening. 
and people need to be educated as well. Mm -hmm. It's easy to leave people in the dark and make decision and angering them, make them more resentful when you don't give them the full spectrum of the situation. It doesn't, there is some decision that you cannot be discussed in public, but some others that yes, you can. Right. Education, yeah. communication. So I'm very happy you're running for that oh, seat. Uh, and the elections are in, uh, the primary are in August 9th? Yes, August 9th, vote in person. Yeah. Vote in person. My, web, my website is kariwatkins.com, K-A-R-I-W-A-T-K-I-N-S. Um, and I do I do have a link on there right under where it says vote for me in the primary <laughs> to the Secretary of State's office where you can find out where your primary voting plate location is. Okay. And you're meeting people in town around uh, uh, Sherman County, meeting business owners. Mm -hmm. um, and if people want to get the hold of you, they can go into that website. Yep, it has my contact information there. Yes. Fabulous. Well, it was a pleasure to have you here. As I said, I don't do normally politics, but you know, yeah. there is so many weird things. I'm like, well, Carrie, it's time for you to step up to the plate and explain <laughs> to us why do you want to run for the, the seat, the open seat? Because uh, to me, it's essential, you know, it's like, okay, are you here just for the fluff of it? Or are you there to help mm -hmm. people? And you, this is exactly what I see with you is somebody who really want to serve the community. And right. I think it's wonderful looking at how business is run, because a lot of things when you're looking at budget, you need to know about it. And since you are a part of your husband business, and you're looking at the financial side of it, I think it's a plus, especially when you're looking right. at budget. Okay, it's different, I must say, compared to your uh, business, there is a lot of pieces, but everybody else can learn, so can you. And I think it would be a perfect fit because you're open to talk to your constituent and mm -hmm. that makes to me a huge difference. So please people, when the election, the primary comes uh, in Sherburne County, vote for Carrie Watkins. And if you meet her, you'd love her because she's awesome. I'm sorry to say that. And I don't get paid, by the way, to do anything. No. So just to let you know, all right? Nobody agrees, my little hands. Uh, but um, no, I'm very, very humble and happy to have met you and learn more about the election and how the uh, commissioners uh, work. Because I will not be surprised if I had to do a survey, walk outside and ask people. Nobody will have a clue. That, that's the number one question I get. What do commissioners do? Exactly. So. And when they understand they're doing the budget, they're like, oh, now that's a different ball game. So now I'm interested because you're talking the budget from the county. We want to know more. Where do you yeah. spend the money? Because we don't see the result or we want to know, is it really allocated where it's supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, right. I am very humble. You took the time today. Oh. And um this will be absolutely released. Uh, which I do today, we're Friday, so I will release it probably tomorrow. And it's gonna wow, be all of the social media. Oh, absolutely, this is how fast we do here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have three, you have three I had, today. Well, okay, I, have three, I have three podcasts here, the third one today, but the other two gonna uh, be run next week. Uh, okay. next week, but this one, because it's we're talking elections, we're talking uh, Sherburne County, I want to make sure people can hear you know a little bit more about the election. And again, 
You know, when you listen from, uh, because they made a big show as usual over there in DC, I call it DC for me, it's AKA the daycare center. That's how I, <laughs> I have the acronym for DC. It became the daycare, daycare center because they're all screaming, yelling, you're like, my goodness, get me some <laughs> few kids here, a sandbox and we're ready to go. But looking at the election, because a lot of people made fun about the election. A lot of people are like, what? A lot of people are angry. But when you're looking at, and that's what, that that was Terry for that. When she talked to me about it, I was appalled by it. And so I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, what? And it's very scary. So what's yes. happening, you know, from the news and how they're portraying things, it impacts the economy. And it, it doesn't. And yeah. impacts every single voters because it impacts the integrity of the vote, regardless who you vote for it impact the integrity of every constituent who went yes. and vote. And that is the scariest part. So I feel that because the commissioner has their hands into and allowed or not those machines and, and so are the cities and the town and everybody else's, people should be looking at it very closely. Right, I, I couldn't agree more. So, but thank you so much, Kari. For thank you, Emma. And thank we'll talk you more, so I'm much. Sure. Yes, we'll I more. hope so. I hope oh, yes, so. we will. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.